Hello, friends. Welcome to Resting Church Face, a podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Allen, and this is episode four. And this week, we're going to talk about the weird things that we were afraid of as kids. So sit back, relax, maybe get some milk and cookies and your blankie, if you still have it, and let's get started. So this week, I saw a meme that I've seen before, but for some reason, this time, it really made me laugh. And the meme is a picture of a guy sinking into quicksand. And it says at the top, when I was a kid, I really thought quicksand was going to be a much bigger problem than it turned out to be. And I thought, that is absolutely true. There were a lot of irrational fears I had as a kid and some rational fears. But at the top of the list, probably of irrational fears, quicksand ranks up there. And I've talked to a lot of friends and they felt the same way. And I think for kids of the 80s, I think you know where I'm going with this. There's a particular movie that just scarred all of us. And that movie is the never-ending story. And it's Artax the horse sinking into the swamps of sadness. And you all know that scene. It's, you know, Atreyu is leading his horse, Artax, which is a real weird name for a horse, if you think about it. But He's leading him through the swamps of sadness, and he's been warned that, you know, you can't succumb to your sadness or you will sink. (laughs) Okay, don't get depressed. Um, And so he's leading the horse, and all of a sudden, like, the horse just stops. And Atreyu's like, what? And then he turns around and he's like, Artax, what's wrong, Artax? What's wrong, boy? And the horse won't move. And then Atreyu's like, I understand. He says it in the weirdest voice. I understand. It's too difficult for you. And then he, like moves positions like if he goes this way it's going to work and the horse still doesn't move and then he's like Artax you're sinking it's exactly how he talks and then it's like weird um faux British accent suddenly and then like he's trying to pull the horse out and he says you can't give in to the sadness Artax fight it fight the sadness and Artax just is still he's sinking and I can remember my little heart just just starting to beat really fast because I was like Artax get happy, Artax, get out of the swamp. And then the very last thing is Atreyu screaming, Artax, please. And then it like fades out. And then the next scene is like completely depressing music. Atreyu is just sitting there like beside himself. And the, all that's left is just an empty place in the swamp where Artax used to be. And this scarred me. (laughs) This was, first of all, this is like the first death I think I can remember seeing in a movie that just, oh, and it was an animal. Oh, it was awful. And so I was afraid of quicksand for a really long time. I was afraid of any kind of sand, any kind of mud puddle, because that's kind of what it looked like. And so I guess the lesson I took away from it was, you know, stay away from your sandbox, especially if you're depressed. You know, spoiler alert, Artax does come back at the end, which was a big relief. And I, I don't know who at the movie company th- production was like, got to put that horse back in. These kids aren't going to be able to handle it and because th- that's the truth. Um, but I began to think this week about the rational and irrational fears, mostly irrational, that I had as a child. And I asked people on Instagram, what are some of the irrational fears that you had as a kid. And y'all, you guys did not disappoint. (laughs) There are so many hilarious, but also relatable because there are things that I had forgotten about that I also was afraid of. And so I'm going to go through some of these. I'm going to tell you some of mine and I'm going to read 
some of the gems that you guys sent me because they're just, they're just so good. Um, so let's get started. Let's talk about our irrational fears from childhood. So the majority of the responses I got fall within specific categories. And so I'm going to try my best to group those together. The first one I want to talk about um, is robbery, kidnapping, and drugs. Because those seem to be a lot of you mentioned those. Uh, Trevor, and these are all people on Instagram. Um, so if I, I'll read their handles, you should follow them. They're delightful. Trevor at Trev Dotson, he said, domestic robbery. <laughs> yes, because there was even a movie released in 1990 that if you take it out of context, Home Alone is kind of a horror story about a 10-year-old child named Kevin who is abandoned by his family and parents for days and has to stay at home and defend his house by himself from two really scary criminals intent on harming him and taking all of everything they own. And then he has to set booby traps that really should have been fatal to, to these robbers. And then if it had gone any other way, he would have had to live with the guilt of murdering two people in self-defense for his entire life. But really, I mean, that is true, though. The, the thought of domestic robbery, it was Dateline 2020. It was everywhere. And you just kind of felt like it was fate. In the same vein, I felt like you just expected the way that the 80s and 90s, you know, the way that they aimed commercials at us, like McGruff the Crime Dog and Say No to Drugs and all the after-school specials, you, you just assumed you were either going to be kidnapped or offered drugs. Um, Bet at Bet Wiley, I went to high school with Bet. she said... Somebody snatching me as I ran out to the car at night to get something that I left, dot, 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 in our hometown. If you, I laughed because if you grew up in our hometown, you know that the chances of being kidnapped were slim to none, but really not, I guess not impossible, but very slim. But I do remember like when my parents, like if my mom would ask me to go out and like get something from the car at night, I would immediately be like, well, I guess you just want me to be kidnapped. So I hope your purse was worth it, mom. But the other thing that we all just seemed to think was was a given and was going to happen to us was being offered drugs. I lived in fear of of a, a dealer as, asking me if I wanted to try some drugs. It never happened. But it was something that I really thought was was definitely going to happen. And a couple people said this. Sarah at Yankee Sarah, she said, being kidnapped, thanks a lot, after school specials, and being offered drugs. And then Amy at Amy W Amy W U. She said, becoming an alcoholic or drug addict because of all the TV movies and after school shows. I mean, it really just seemed like it was going to happen at any moment. Like you just had to be ready. So I was on the lookout for drug dealers all the time, like from like third grade on. And it never happened because I think it was more me <laughs> than it was the drug dealers. I know for a fact there were kids in my high school that partook, should I say? But I think they took one look at me and they were like, nope, I'm not going to ask her. She'll start crying, and I probably would have. So, no, I was, never, I was never asked. But I assumed it was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. I think that my most common rational childhood fear was a reoccurring nightmare slash dream in which my teeth were falling out of my mouth as a goo. Um, and I believe it's connected to the fact that I had some sort of orthodontic contraption in my mouth from third to 10th grade. So after seven years of having seasons of having something in my mouth that kind of caused me pain, I think it, it caused me to dream about it. And then as an adult, I am very aware of my teeth 
And thankfully, all of those seven years paid off. Like I did get straight teeth. Um, and I do view it as like an identification of myself and, you know, of like, oh, like I like my teeth, but I'm terrified of anything happening to them. So it has been a dream that has carried over to where, and I've heard, I've, I've read affiliation that, that that kind of reoccurring nightmare resorts to some sort of deep vanity, which I, I'm, I'm, I find interesting. Um, you know, I, I just care about my teeth because of what I went through them to get them this way. So it, it wasn't some natural gift. Like a lot of human devices had to intervene. But at the end of the day, my teeth ended up straight. <laughs> so there's that. So that was my friend Jackson. And I think he covers two that I think are kind of rational fears, actually. So we'll kind of take these and make these the rational section. Um, one is nightmares. And two are teeth problems. <laughs> when you're a kid, nightmares especially are horrifying because one, you're new to the world, so it feels very real. And two, they feel very real. <laughs> I can remember, I didn't really have any recurring dreams as a kid, which I'm so thankful of, but I do remember having a nightmare when I was a kid that like stuck with me. And it was that we were in a hot air balloon and we were all singing like, I want to buy the world a Coke type songs. And then all of a sudden we crashed into the ocean and I woke up and I was like, oh, it's real. I'm going to drown. And I remember my mom having to explain to me that like I really hadn't been in an hot air balloon and I was dreaming. <laughs> I was not going to be crashing into the ocean in a hot air balloon, but I'm kind of scared of hot air balloons to this day. And so any nightmares, I mean, that's not fun for anybody, but especially for kids. But two teeth, I had, I had braces from ninth grade to like the middle of 10th grade. So like not that long, year and a half. But it's the one thing that if you talk about braces, I can conjure that sensation and feel it in my mouth right now. Like I know what braces feels like still. And I hated braces. I can still feel in my mind. Do you remember when like you just had your braces tightened and like a spoon accidentally like just tapped the front of your teeth and you just wanted to die because it hurts so badly? I don't ever want to go back to braces. So I can't imagine having them for seven years or having some sort of orthodontic device. And so I felt the bitterness that he was like, I had to go through a lot of devices to get good teeth. And so you'd want to protect those teeth. And so that would be a rational fear. And I also kind of get how like, as an adult, if I saw a third grader in braces, you don't see that very often. I would be like, oh, how cute. But if you were an actual third grader in a third grade class, I can see how other people might make fun of you for having braces. And that would be a nightmare. So a nightmare and a nightmare. So yeah, scary stuff. So the next category has to do with nature and things that just occur by being in the world, being outside. Courtney at CA Clay underscore 11, she said, being struck by lightning. Yes, that is a fear that has kind of carried over into adulthood because I can remember being told, like, don't go outside during a thunderstorm. Don't wear metal during a thunderstorm. Don't take a shower. Don't be on the phone. Don't get gas during a thunderstorm. Don't be the tallest object in a field in a thunderstorm because you are will be struck by lightning. And to this day, when I like go to take my trash out, if there's like even a mild storm, outside. It's like raining a little bit and there might be a little thunder. I immediately am like, am I the tallest object around? Like, like the lightning is going to bypass all the trees around me and the, the, the power poles and go straight onto my head. 
but I believe it. <laughs> and I still like I don't I don't take a shower when there's a thunderstorm because you never know. You just never know. Better to be safe than sorry, right? But that was a fear. Um, and then Laura at Laura D23, she said, piranhas and that trilogy of terror doll. Basically stuff on TV that would never really happen. Okay. I don't know what the trilogy of terror doll is. I need to know this. So Laura, you need to contact me because I, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. But piranhas, oh yeah, that was a thing. And I saw a movie. I didn't even see the whole movie. It was just like a glimpse of a brief little part of a movie that my parents were like flicking through the TV. And it was a scene where these piranhas, and I think it was a movie called Piranha, where they were like jumping out of the ocean and like attaching themselves to people's necks in a boat. And like looking back, it's terrible graphics. I mean, somebody's basically just tossing a fake fish at people, at these actors, and they're holding them to their necks and being like, ah, but I thought it was totally real. So that uh, created a new fear in me. My sister and I, still to this day, we're both a little bit afraid of lakes and oceans. I do not like having things be under, like coming under me in the water. And I spoke to Holly about this. This is her, one of her big fears, my sister. That's why pools are better. I I just don't, I, I need to know what's underneath me and in front of me and behind me. The thought of being in the ocean and having anything come up under, like a shark, a whale. I love whales. I don't want to touch one in the, in the ocean. Thanks. Snakes. No. And my friend Cam said that his fear was uh, having a shark be released in a pool. This is also something I was a very, very afraid of as a child because I did not understand that sharks would not be in like chlorinated water. <laughs> and that I didn't evidently live in a James Bond story where the evil, the evil guy is going to release the shark tank underneath me. I was sure that like sometime when I was you know swimming in a La Quinta Inn indoor pool – that somebody was going to release a great white shark. It was going to swim up through the pipes, through the vents in the pool, and it would eat me. So that is a, was a very real fear. Okay, the second, the second category for this segment, well, this is actually the third category. Third category is things that occur in a bathroom. <laughs> Y'all sit in a lot of them. Seems to be like the bathroom must be the dangerous place in a house, especially when you're a child. Um, so... Chloe at Chloe Faith 02, she said, a snake being in the toilet at nighttime. I still am a little afraid of that because now I live in the country and I have read stories. N mainly these stories come out of Australia and like India, but it happens where people have gone into their bathroom to go to the bathroom and there was a snake in their toilet. That is the worst thing I can imagine. I once had a tree frog when I was in high school crawl up the sink drain and I just about lost my mind. So if there's a snake in the toilet, I'm going to start having to just like, we're going to have to have like a whole new way of going to the bathroom because we're going to have to invent one. I guess it'll be diapers for me because I can't handle the thought of a snake in the bathtub. Um, and then let's see. Oh, Karen, Karen at, <laughs> this one made me laugh so much. Karen at Karen AUG 22. She said, my mom told us if we splashed water out of the tub that the floor would rot and the bathtub would fall through the floor to the basement, parentheses, with us in it, parentheses. Okay. <laughs> like, that is technically true, but that is an ingenious way of keeping your children from splashing water on the floor because, I mean, that would be horrifying if you, like, fell through your floor in your bathtub into the basement. That's awful. 
Um, and then Jessica at Jessica.L.Owens said, getting sucked down the bathtub drain. This was also something that used to scare me, but mine was not so much that it could just happen. Mine was because, and my friend Ashley said this was her fear too, I had never seen, and I still have never seen a full Freddy Krueger movie, like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but someone told me once that there was a scene in a Freddy Krueger movie where he takes somebody down their bathtub drain. And that was just so scary to me that like he could come out of the drain and get you. So I did not like to take baths for a while because I was pretty afraid that that was going to happen. And then it's not the bathroom, but this is a room in your house. So um, Erica at E.N. Scarlet Fit, she responded and she said, the dishwasher at night, which... I don't know. Is that sort of like another back to home alone? Is that like the the furnace in the basement? Like the sound of the dishwasher? Was it going to eat you? I don't know. That's an irrational fear, but I get it because we all have one of those like, that makes no sense. But I mean, did you have a scary dishwasher? I need more information on that one too. So the next two don't really have a category. They're kind of categories all to themselves, but... Sarah at Clark underscore Sarah Beth, she said, getting in trouble during PE and having to sit on the red line. Uh, I mean, that's up there with like your clothespin getting moved. Getting in trouble in school at all was a really scary thing because it could get back to your parents. And like you, if you were like me, and I think a lot of you are, like getting in trouble was probably the biggest fear that you had at school because you had to be like, you were a good kid. And you also knew that if you got in trouble at school, you were definitely getting in trouble at home and it was going to be worse. And so sitting on the red line and just the shame of it, right? Like you have been caught. I can remember um, losing my break. That was a big, in a middle school, you know, like if you got caught talking, they take away your break. And I remember just being mortified. It happened to me a couple of times because I was a talker. Um, they took, I'd had to like stand against the wall during break or like sit in the classroom and just the shame of everybody knowing that I'd gotten in trouble was just, it was almost too much to bear. (laughs) Okay. And then Tabitha at Tabitha.elam, she said, the rapture, of course. Yes. Listen, when, if you were a kid in a Christian household, you were terrified of the rapture. DC Talk even had a song about it. I wish we'd all been ready. They talk about like one guy walking up a hill, the other one's left standing still. There were so many movies. I mean, the Left Behind series alone was enough to scare us all. And like, even if you thought, you know, you were like, I know I'm going to heaven. In the back of your mind, you're like, but what if I get left behind? And when I was in sixth grade, I had a rapture experience. Not that I was like taken up in the rapture, but that I definitely thought I'd been left behind because I took a nap. And I woke up at like 5.15 and there was nobody in the house, but dinner was on the table and the TV was on and everybody's cars were in the driveway and there was nobody there. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's happened. I've left behind. And just as I was about to fall on my knees and beg the Lord to take me also, my sister walked in. She was like, what's wrong with you? And they had just, you know, gone down the street because our dog had run down the street and they had to go get it. So, but it scared us all, right? <laughs> Don't want to be left behind. The rapture was a, a threat and not really a blessing. Okay, so when I was a kid, I was really afraid of um, chainsaws. (laughs) 
Uh, but it comes from a very real place. So when I was about 11 years old, I was very new to a youth group at a church that my family had just started going to. And right around Halloween, we decided to go to this haunted corn maze. And um, I somehow, because when you go to a corn maze and you're in a large group, you never want to be at the front of the group. You never want to be at the back of the group. You want to be in the middle of the group because if you're at the front of the group, people can jump out in front of you. If you're at the back of the group, people can follow you. Um, and uh, the middle group, the middle of the group is the safest place to be. So I somehow kept getting stuck towards the back of the group. And I hated scary movies when I was a kid. I was such a big baby. Um, but there was a guy um, dressed as a like dollar store clown is really the only way that I can explain how this guy looks. Like he was wearing an old tattered t-shirt and his beer belly was hanging out the bottom and he had this weird Superman cape and then just like this old rainbow clown wig. And he had this chainsaw and he would follow people around with this chainsaw and he would rev the, the chainsaw engine like ring, 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 and he would swing the chainsaw at your legs. Um, and I freaked out the first time that that happened to me like over the course of this one night of corn maze and all of the people that I was with that were all older than me because I was one of the youngest ones in the youth group were all like Lane it's okay like there's no chain on the chainsaw so it it's actually not gonna hurt you or whatever and of course like I'm 11 years old and I don't know anything about chainsaws so how am I supposed to believe that a chain removed from the chainsaw makes it not dangerous anymore all I know is this crazy man is swinging a chainsaw at my legs and rubbing the engine and laughing while he's doing it. So for a very long time, I was very uncomfortable around chainsaws. So that was Lane, and she really ushers us into our last category, which is the supernatural category. The things that don't really exist, but we are very scared of. And let's just talk about for just a second that chainsaw. Who decided that was a good idea? And I am with her. I, I don't believe that it had to be, it could be totally safe to have a chainsaw swinging it at children. Even if the chain is off, I feel like somebody's legs are going somewhere. So that is a valid fear. I would be very afraid of chainsaws. That would have scarred me for a very long time. Um, the, the, the last comment that I got that just, I think it's my favorite one of all of them is from Bailey, and she is at Bailey Long HSV, and she said, and this is with no context, which I really appreciated, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. Um, so for you people that have been born, you know, past like 2000, you may not know exactly what a Chuck E. Cheese is. I don't know if they're even really still around, but when I was a kid, like showbiz pizza and Chuck E. Cheese were like the two, they were kind of the same thing. But like you would go and it was like an arcade, but it had these animatronic <laughs> like characters that would like every once in a while, like you'd be eating your pizza and you'd have birthday parties and stuff there. And all of a sudden they like roar to life and they'd be like, I don't even know what the songs they were singing. But I look back on it and I asked Bailey to clarify and she was like, yes, it's the animatronic actual Chuck E. Cheese who was just a rat. Right, is what it looks like. Who just came to life and would sing at you. That really probably was a not fun moment. <laughs> it's scary. In fact, there is a picture somebody posted, and if I can find it, I'll try to put it on Instagram. But it is somebody found an abandoned Chuck E. Cheese animatronic character, like in a dump. And they were talking about how scary it was. And it was just like sitting like sitting in the dump, like, hello, little children. Want to have a birthday party? <laughs> it's so scary. So 
there are the irrational, like, child fears of things. Mine were all movies, basically. I, I scared myself because I was, like, scared but kind of intrigued. I was, like, really afraid of Darth Vader and of the Hulk, but yet I still wanted to see them. My mom said that when the Hulk would come on TV, I would be like, no, 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 no. But then I would hide behind her to watch it because I still kind of wanted to know what it was. But there are all those, there's always those scary creatures and ghosts and Freddy Krueger type characters that we're really afraid of. So that brings me to, to my story, which is the biggest fear that I had as a child. When I was 10 years old in 1990, a miniseries was released called It. And it was on, I believe it was on ABC. Now, I had never read a Stephen King book. I'd really never seen a scary movie. I really wanted to see this movie because I saw the previews for it and it looked so scary and it was about kids. And I recognized some of the kids because they were, they had been in some different TV shows. The kid from The NeverEnding Story 2 was in it, Jonathan Brandis. Um, and then like the adults were like Richard Thomas and John Ritter, which I'm not really sure how you can make a scary movie with both of those, but it was. But my mom was like, no, you can't watch this movie. This movie is too scary for you. You cannot watch it. But I had a genius moment. And it was just where, you know, luck meets opportunity. We were in Oregon and we were staying in adjoining hotel rooms. Sometimes the churches that we would visit would put us in hotel rooms. Sometimes we would get adjoining hotel rooms, which means my parents were on one side, we were on the other. And it just so happened to be the week that this miniseries was airing. And so I would wait till everybody went to bed. Like Holly was asleep. My parents were in the other room and I'd watched, I watched this miniseries every night. So it's about a scary killer clown. You guys, it, it scared me so much. Like I could not go to sleep because I was so sure that that clown was going to pop up next to my bed and be like, hello, Amanda. I just knew it was going to happen. And so I had to sleep with the light on, but that was almost worse. Like if I went to turn on the bathroom light, then I was convinced like his silhouette would show up as a clown. And that was just almost as bad. So finally, after like weeks of this, I was so scared. It was like probably maybe a month. I finally told my mom, I was like, mom, I watched the video series. And she was like, I told you. And I told her I couldn't sleep. And she was like, you know what? I'm not even going to punish you because I think that you have been through punishment enough because what I told you was going to happen actually happened. So it took me a really long time to not be afraid of that clown. And then I, you know, later went and saw the movies that were released in 2017 and they're much scarier, but there is something about that original clown played by Tim Curry. That is terrifying. So if you made a comment and sent me something on Facebook, especially for some reason, Facebook erased all of the the responses I had. I'm so sorry. So if you sent me something on Facebook, please resend it to me because I do want to know more of your childhood irrational fears. I enjoyed it so much. It's, it was so fun. So, um, I'm glad we're all adults, but, um, this was a nice trip down memory lane. So I'm really excited to share something with you guys that I've been working on for a while. And that is a Spotify playlist for this podcast. So you can look it up. It's just resting church face. It'll pop right up. It is family friendly. So you can crank it up in the car with no worries, but they're really just songs, as Iris said in the holiday, that make you feel like you are the main character of your own life. So if you feel like you need a little inspiration or you just want to feel like your life is like a movie, this is the playlist for you. Unfortunately, I can't play songs on the podcast without having to pay royalties. And so I could only play, I think, four seconds of a song. And I, I really don't have to accidentally play five seconds of I like to move it, move it, and then have to pay $500. I like to move it, move it is not on this playlist. <laughs> is it just called move it, move it? 
we'll, we'll delve into that later. But I hope you guys really enjoy it. It was super fun to make and there's hours of it. So you can hit shuffle and get a new playlist every time. All right. guys that's it for this episode thank you so much for hanging out with me again this week and thank you to everybody that sent in all of your stories and comments i had so much fun recording this episode and reading through your childhood trauma so thank you and thank you again for following and liking and subscribing and leaving reviews if you could leave a review on apple Podcasts, that would mean the world to me it just helps people find the podcast and so that would be fantastic and if you'd like to follow me on instagram it's really easy i'm at resting church face i hope you have a wonderful week and let's get together again soon